Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Robin Graham Show. Today is a Friday Faith Foundations episode, and we're going to talk about the need to stay close to God's word. But first, I want to remind you that the How to Start a Blog and Reach Your Ideal Audience self-study course has officially launched, and I'm offering a special coupon code for the course so that you can purchase it for $19.97 through Sunday, January 28th, 2024. So the, the link to the course as well as the coupon code will be in the show notes and you can just click through to check out the details as well as purchase the course for a discounted rate through January 28th, which is this coming Sunday. I am Robin Graham, a business, business growth strategist and coach for Christian small business owners and entrepreneurs who want to grow their businesses with simplicity, ease, and grace, and without an emphasis on social media. And that is where blogging becomes so important as an integral part of growing your business. All right, without further ado, I'm going to jump in to today's episode. You never know when you will be in a situation where God's word is necessary more than ever. I experienced that this week, and that's going to be the story that I tell you today. There are myriad reasons you need to stay close to God's word. A situation I recently experienced confirmed this need. Undoubtedly, the Holy Spirit is needed, and the word he breathed into life is critical for staying aligned with our faith. It all started with a podcast interview, one I'd forgotten about. You know those days. Something was added to your calendar many moons ago, and you had the best intentions of remembering it and doing the necessary preparation. But then, at 1210, your intuition reminds you to look at your calendar. And there it is, the thing you scheduled months ago, peering at you, screaming, be ready in 20 Oh, shucks, a sense of panic rises. But then you tell yourself, no biggie, I've got this. I've done it all before. That was me Wednesday afternoon. But when I logged onto the Zoom call, I didn't have it. Oh, I thought I did until I admitted my mistake and unpreparedness and asked if there was anything I needed to know about the interview. Then the truth came out. The podcast that I assumed was about God and the Christian faith, which it was, was hosted by an agnostic atheist. This was a first for me. The second the host said this, I thought, oh no, why didn't I look at my calendar earlier? Why didn't I prepare? You know why? Because I would have canceled. Then I quickly reframed that thought to no. There is a reason I didn't look at my calendar or that specific spot on my calendar because I knew the rest of my week. I made it to everything else, planned for everything else, didn't miss a coaching call, was on time, all that good stuff. God had planted me here in this moment. He knew if I'd done my homework, I wouldn't have held to my commitment. Thankfully, I've known for a long time that I need to stay close to God's word because it sure came in handy to calm my nerves and keep my stake in the ground, so to speak, as I went through the interview. To preface this, 
I pride myself on being the best possible podcast guest. I listen to episodes and I always leave a five-star review before interviewing. If preparation is needed for certain questions I'll be asked, I do it. I want to respect the host and honor the listeners and truly show up to serve them. I have no excuse for this situation other than busyness and oversight. I didn't see the interview on my calendar and therefore forgot about it. And as a result, I wasn't prepared for what I was walking into. Not only that, but I assumed that because the title of the show is The Bible Says What?, I was scheduling an interview on a Christian or faith-based podcast. I just said yes without doing my homework first. I was flattered when asked to interview. Little did I know there was an ulterior motive. Well, sort of. I'm no theologian. I do devotions most, if not every day. There is nothing I depend on more than my faith and the Holy Spirit. However, I am not a minister. I don't have hundreds of scripture verses memorized by book and verse. My love for Jesus and the hope I have through my faith is what sustains me. But I would never consider myself one to be able to argue the truth or defend God. Honestly, I never would have thought I'd have to. Little did I know how vast the need to stay close to God's word is. I am grateful. I am as well-versed as I am, but oh, do I need to dive deeper and spend more time in the word and memorizing verses and their locations so that I can cite them and remember where they are too. Never have I asked the Holy Spirit for help so many times in such a short amount of time. I mean, it was on constant repeat in my head. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. (laughs) I needed help. I survived the interview. Did I rock it? No, not by any stretch. But I didn't waver on my conviction that Jesus Christ is my savior and the Holy Spirit is my rock, guide, and conduit for conversations I have with God. Most importantly, I recognize how grateful I am that I have a relationship with God, with Jesus, and have not simply focused on rules, shoulds, and do nots. Did I think fast on my feet? Nope, I seldom do. I need time to ponder. Did I speak eloquently like Rebecca George, Priscilla Shire, or other women in ministry? Nope, again. But I stood my ground and I tried my best to be clear on my beliefs. Interestingly enough, I would have loved to have convinced this guy, his name is Michael, to come back to faith. He grew up in a Christian home. He knows the Bible. At one point in time, he wanted to be a youth pastor. And then he told me he read the Bible. And boy, did Satan have a grasp on him when he read that Bible, because all he could pull from the Bible was the verses, the places in time and history where God punished people for their disobedience. That's all he could focus on. He forgot all of the beauty and the grace that is in the pages of the Bible. 
anyway, I would have loved to have convinced him to come back, but I didn't. But as I studied this week in Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volume 1, we are to support, correct, and intervene for believers who are lost. Point out sin and guide them to repentance with a sense of urgency. And this is in Jude one twenty three. We are to witness Christ's love and grace to all. But we may not convince non-believers because their hearts aren't open. We can plant seeds, stand strong in our convictions, show love and grace, but we may never be able to convince them if their hearts aren't ready. So what I told the host I'd do is pray for him, that he can find clarity in the Bible and in the goodness God has for us as his children. Prayer is powerful and it can save others. And you know what else I told him? I told him that I'd much rather believe in Jesus as my savior than not believe and risk it all later. Heaven is my end goal. Life is hard enough. Don't do what I did. Know what you are walking into so that you don't have to question, was it worth it? Was, was it right? Did I represent? But also recognize that there is always a way with God. He pulled me through that. I don't even really remember most of my answers. I gave a lot of I don't knows. I was honest. I wasn't going to pretend and then throw things out there that I didn't know for sure were right. But he carried me through. And what didn't happen is that I didn't succumb to the temptations to believe what this guy was saying. As the interview took place, I was asked questions about the Bible that I had never considered. And quite frankly, I had no answer for. I don't know how I sounded or if I gave the right answers. And that makes me nervous, to be honest. But what I know is that I asked the Holy Spirit to help me over and over again. And even if I didn't sound well-versed in the Bible, I was honest that I am not a theologian and the questions had never crossed my mind. Faith is believing in something unseen. I've never seen God face to face, but I have seen his works in my life many times. In a situation like this, as in most situations, it is necessary to discern what is being asked and what the intent behind the question is. And for that, I needed the Holy Spirit. Maybe I didn't get profound answers to the host's questions downloaded to me during the interview, but I was able to discern what he was doing and saying so as not to lose sight of the great God I know and love. And who knows what my answers would have been if I hadn't asked for the Holy Spirit's wisdom. So he was a nice guy, Michael. But I kept thinking Satan was asking these questions. It was like Satan was there in this interview. It was the weirdest feeling. He wants me to waver, and he wants the listeners of this show to waver. The guy has this podcast because he wants someone to prove to him that God exists, that God is real, and that God is worth believing in, that he's not this vengeful, evil God. That's a tricky place to sit in. The Holy Spirit did help me discern. That is certain. 
I was able to recognize that he was pulling selected scripture verses that made God appear only vengeful and di dictatorial. It was like he was trying to convince others that God is bad, not good, merciful, gracious. The God who sent Jesus, who under his own free will suffered for us, to free us from the bondage of sin that had plagued previous generations and still corrupts the world today. When in conversations about faith, especially when someone is using scripture against you, recognize how selective they are with their choice of verses. Kindly call them out on the fact they are selecting scripture to prove their argument for not believing, but haven't considered the context around the verses, the surrounding verses, what was happening during the time, how people had disobeyed. I hope you are never in a situation where you have to try to defend your faith or the Bible. But if you are, I encourage you to stay strong in your belief and simply lean on the Holy Spirit. Throughout the interview, I shared numerous stories of how God has blessed me, how I've seen him in my life. In the Old Testament, God communicated through signs and prophets. Since the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit as the conduit for our communications with God. But God does still send signs. I want to share a few with you today. We, however, have to be aware, not only to hear God's voice, but to recognize the world around us and the words that people say. He does communicate with us in multiple ways, just like he did in the Old Testament. But the difference is, and this is something that's so cool, we have the Holy Spirit in us always. In the Old Testament, and I just learned this from a Bible study that I'm doing with Priscilla Shire. The study is titled Discerning the Voice of God, and I have the link in the show notes for you. But the, the study is helping me understand more about the Bible, obviously, but most importantly, how to discern God's voice versus my own thoughts and my own conscience. But something she emphasized is that, you know, in the Old Testament, like I said, the, the signs, the prophets, the people of the Old Testament may have had the Holy Spirit with them, but the Holy Spirit would leave them if they disobeyed or if um, the time was, it was time for him to go. He wasn't with them always. You can remember in Psalms when David would, would cry out, don't take your spirit from me. So that is a really cool thing. Because of Jesus, we now have the Holy Spirit in us to help us, guide us, share his wisdom, knowledge. Give us strength. Three signs that I've received over the years that I want to share with you that have proven to me God is with us and he is all powerful, all knowing and ever present. Start with the sign. When my father was battling cancer, I was distraught. He was still young. I was young and my kids were so young. I wanted him around for their sports, their games, competitions, their graduations and weddings, their school celebrations, grandparents' day. The thought of him not being with me into my old age had never crossed my mind. He was strong and healthy. He still worked out. He had muscles like I've never seen. But here we were faced with a devastating news and a bleak prognosis. Shortly after he was diagnosed and while he was undergoing treatment, I ordered some home decor products. Shopping, I'm going to admit, is always my go-to for comfort. 
And then I have the pain of returns every time. Some people turn toward food, I turn to shopping. Anyway, when I opened the box that arrived, I found a wooden decorative sign with Jeremiah 29 on it. It read, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I had not ordered that sign. When I called the company to ask about it, the customer service representative said, well, that was our mistake. You can keep it. No need to send it back. That sign was a sign not to give up hope and to recognize that as my daddy said throughout his treatment journey, he was in a win-win situation. If he died, he would experience the miracle of eternal life. And if he lived, he'd have the miracle of earthly healing. The sign still hangs above our back door. The Eagle. My boys went to a Catholic school about 40 minutes away. Once they got their driver's licenses, they drove themselves to and from school. Being the anxious mama I am, I had to decide to not worry every day, but to put them in God's hands. So out the door they'd go, and I'd tell them I loved them and remind them to drive safe and say a prayer for their safety. One day, as I was getting my younger daughter ready for school, I got the dreaded call. Sam had been in a car accident. It was a chilly, wet fall morning, and when going around a curve, his car slipped on leaves and he lost control. When I arrived at the scene and saw the car, I cried uncontrollably. But there stood my baby boy without a scratch on him. But his car was mangled, shattered. I'll forever be grateful to Acura for making such safe vehicles. It was a miracle he and his friend were safe and injury-free. The car was totaled, but my boy was safe. As I left the scene of the accident in an open field at the end of the road was a bald eagle. No one will ever convince me that that wasn't God reminding me that with him, anything is possible. The third sign I'm going to share with you is the Cardinals. The third story is this. A few days after my godfather died, but I need to take you back a step first. After my father died, and again, after my grandmother died, Cardinals started appearing in our yard. Not every day, but when I was feeling down or lonely or missing them. So on this particular day, I was still grieving deeply from the loss of my godfather, whom I was very close to. He lived next door, so I saw him and talked to him every day. I was taking the dogs for a walk, and I said a little prayer. I said, God, will you please let me know that Bob is safe, healthy, and happy, and that he and Daddy are together with you? The dogs and I went on our routine path, and when we came back to the driveway, there were two male cardinals in the pear tree. Male cardinals are not typically sitting together in a tree, especially if a female isn't around that they are fighting over. Was it a coincidence? You'll never convince me of that either. It was God comforting me. There's no other explanation for that. 
I don't want to mislead you and tell you that God always speaks to us in signs, but I want to assure you that he hears your prayers and he does answer them. The need to stay close to God's word is evident. We will experience negative circumstances. We'll be in challenging situations. Scripture is how we'll stay aware of God's calling, his advice, his guidance and direction, and his comforting peace, his comforting grace. Stay alert, be persistent in prayer, listen, and receive.